Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast. She Reads Truth creates beautiful, accessible Bible reading plans and resources to help you get into God's Word every day. Each week here on the podcast, we talk about what we're going to read together as a community this week. I'm your host, Amanda Bible-Williams. And I'm your other host, Rachel Myers. And this is week five of our Advent series. It is no longer Advent, for the record. It is day two of Christmastide. So happy Christmastide. Happy Christmastide. We are joined this week by a very special guest, Paul David Tripp. He is the author of many books. His newest book is called Reactivity, How the Gospel Transforms Our Actions and Reactions. I'm already excited about this. This book released in October. We're putting it in our show notes because, yes. I am pre-convicted uh, yeah, by the I'm, title. and excited. <laughs> Paul also has authored an Advent devotional called Come Let Us Adore Him. Paul was a fantastic guest. I mean, when we wrapped up, Amanda was like, I don't even know where to begin and what to quote because he had so Mm -hmm. many beautiful things to say and he said them so beautifully. Y'all, we think you're going to love this episode. Let's get right to it. Paul David Tripp, welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast. We are thrilled to have you here today. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yes, thank you. And it is my honor to be with you. I'm Uh. excited. Well, we've been very much looking forward to this, and it's a special week because it is that, like, it's that week, the week yes. between Christmas and New Year's where you forget what day it is. And the lost week. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're excited. So those of you who have been reading along with us this Advent season, you know that we've spent all of these weeks in this really beautiful season of preparation to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And I happen to know, Paul, that you have spent a lot of time in the season of Advent and on the topic of Advent and what it is and why it's important. And we've spent a lot of time digging into really rich concepts over the last four weeks, but I would love for you to kind of lift our heads back to the the big picture of what is so significant about this season and what we're celebrating this week. Let me intro my comments by saying this. I was reminded as I was looking through your reading plan for Christmas that the richest Christ-centered theology is found in those Christmas hymns. I want to just recommend people to live in some of those Christmas hymns. It will drive you to the Word of God. It will make you love Jesus more. It is the most Christ-centered, accessible, practical theology that you'll ever <laughs> find. So that's just my first statement. You've got the two of us nodding. We, we agree. <laughs> we love a hymn. Here's why the birth of Jesus and what it represents is so significant. If you read through Scripture— you will understand that sin is serious, and it's deadly, and it's inescapable. God wants us to know that sin is the biggest deal ever, that my biggest problem lives inside of me and not outside of me. And if that's true, I can't escape it. I can run from a location. I can run from a situation. I can run from a relationship. But I found when I try to run from me, I always show up with me at the end of the run. So that means I need a rescue. And if I need a rescue, I need a rescuer. Amen. And somehow all of God's requirements have to be met. The penalty for sin has to be paid. I mean, all of that just screaming, Jesus has to come. Jesus has to come. Jesus has to come. I mean, I am obsessed with Christmas because 
I grieve every day the presence and power of sin yeah. in me, in the people around me, and in my world. And what's more beautiful than a holy God saying, I'm going to make a way for these rebels to be forgiven, for their guilt to be lifted, and for them to be guaranteed life now and life forever. I mean, it just doesn't get any better. Amen. Amen. Oh, it's, it's so good. And we, as a community, spent several weeks earlier in the year reading through the book of Leviticus. And so I can't help but hear that as you're talking about the seriousness of sin. And that's what that book screams out from the Old Testament is like, we need Jesus. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. You'll love this. I am right now writing devotionals out of Leviticus. No kidding. I'm working on a Bible project. It's going to be called the Daily Gospel Bible. I've written gospel summaries of every book of the Bible. Yes. And then it divides into daily Bible readings. And a daily Bible reading is a devotional written by me. Wow. I'm doing that because I think for many Christians, the Old Testament is just dark and mysterious. I don't know how to read the Old Testament. But I'm right now writing in Leviticus and just this gospel of grace, of atonement for sin, of the lifting of guilt is just so beautifully presented there. Leviticus is a great big finger pointing to Jesus. That's Amen. right. Amen. Yeah. Right. yeah. And I mean, our community knows because we were all here together, but we followed Leviticus by reading the book of Hebrews together, which is really the way to read Hebrews. You mm-hmm. really must begin with... Yeah. That's right. Leviticus and understanding the priestly responsibilities and the necessity of the offerings and why it is so significant that Christ was not just the priest, but the sacrifice. Yeah. Well, yeah. And read through Leviticus and you imagine a scene of priests knee deep in blood. You realize there has to be this final ultimate sacrifice that once and for all Mm-hmm. pays the penalty for sin. Which is enough of a reason to celebrate Christmas. Like, truly, like, that a baby was born to be that priest and the sacrifice, and that he came in a manger, like a place where, like, sheep were, you know, stored is the wrong word, but uh, mm-hmm. but that he was yeah. born in a lowly place. His birth was announced to shepherds. The significance of all of that, like, yeah. Leviticus is pointing to Christmas. It makes us want Christmas. And imagine the job description. Imagine someone would come to you and say, I've got a job for you. You're going to be despised and rejected everywhere you go, even though you're the perfect, holy son of God, son of man, son of David, king of kings. And you're going to be brutally executed and die. Would you accept that job description? The king of kings said, yes, I'll go. What a beautiful story. Yeah. The one who is due all glory and honor and majesty said, I'll do it. I feel like this is the way that I have spent most of these conversations, all of these Mm -hmm. conversations this Advent season, Mm -hmm. as we've been, you know, walking through this hymn that, you know, has come to mean so much to us and all of these scriptures that inspired it. It's just like a slow head nodding and eyes wide of like, it's the best story. Yeah. Because none of us could have or would have written this story. Like and it's, because it's true. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that this story has been retained for us to recapture our, our awe again. You know, mm-hmm. uh, human beings are always living in, in awe of something. Mm-hmm. And whatever captures the awe of your heart, then 
controls your life, controls your desires, your thoughts, your choices, yeah. and your actions. And one of the things that I think is so important about the Christmas season is that it would draw my awe again mm. to Jesus and to his willingness and his humility and his perfection, his righteousness and his suffering and his victorious resurrection and his ascension to the right hand of the Father, that I would be slack-jawed, silent, on my knees, in just awe, and that my response would be, where is this Jesus? I want to follow him. Mm. Because what is more glorious? What is more awe-inspiring? What could make your heart sing more than this one who is at the center of this incredible story of his birth and life and death and resurrection. Yes. That's so well put. The hymn that we're referencing, if you all are joining us this week after Christmas, first week of Christmas tide, for the first time during this Advent season, we have been walking through the hymn, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. And every week, and I think we should do it again, we've read, we've kind of begun the the episode by reading it's just two verses reading the lyrics of this hymn that we've been walking through because there's so much biblical truth represented in this hymn. And we will wrap up the hymn this week, Mm -hmm. but I feel like we need to hear how we got there. We need to hear it in context. Paul, would you be willing to read those lyrics for us? I will. Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free from our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in Thee, Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth Thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Born Thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king, born to reign in us forever, now Thy gracious kingdom bring, by Thy own eternal spirit rule in all our hearts alone by thy all sufficient merit raise us to thy glorious throne wow 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 amen did you happen to see in the beginning of the book where the hymn first appears you know it's written by charles wesley did you happen to see how many hymns he wrote we talked about this last week too but i can't get over it he wrote over six thousand hymns it is amazing just blows my and it would be one thing if they were like throwaways, you they know, are not throwaways. Like, yeah, this is amazing. But this piece particular of work. hymn, I mean, Paul, what do you think? Hmm. I saw it like as you were reading it, like a smile was coming across your face and your hand well, went to your chest. Yeah, I was wondering if I was just going to get through the hymn because every single phrase, yeah, could be expanded to a book of theology, truth about this precious one named Jesus, who, I mean, this is one situation where the giver is the gift. Amen. You mm-hmm. know, like you say, where the priest is the sacrifice. That's and right. the ability that God gave Wesley to just summarize these truths in such a beautiful, memorable way is, is just incredible. And I absolutely adore that you use this as a structure for your Advent study. Yeah, it's just wonderful. Well, thank you. It Our team did a wonderful job mm. with this concept. And as is often the case when we start work on something like this, 
we think it will turn out one way, and very often, because of the Lord's kindness and because the true story is better than we can imagine, it always surprises us Mm -hmm. how the Lord works through His Word. I'm a writer, and I say all the time that I sit down to write a chapter, and the chapter writes me. That's right. I'll run upstairs to read a section to my wife, Luella, that I never expected I would write. And Mm -hmm. I can't read it to her because I'm in tears. Oh, wow. I'm moved by what God has enabled me to write. And I can feel that in this piece by you guys. And it comes from not a man who just flippantly decided to write a hymn. Mm -hmm. This came from a man who knew his Bible. And it's just so evident, like you said, in every lyric. And the reason that it could be and a structure for an Advent study is because it is drawn from the Scriptures, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's beautiful. I, I think this phrase is really what gets me up in the morning. By thy all sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne that the gospel is deeply humbling. Mm-hmm. I could never, ever, ever measure up. I could never present my merit before the Lord and say, this is enough, accept me. Yeah, yes. But I don't have to do that. That's right. Because Jesus' merit is enough. Amen. It That's is right. enough. Yeah, yeah. Thanks be to God. So it's that sadness and celebration that really is a story of my life that Mm -hmm. it's deeply sad that this thing called sin still lives inside of me. It's been forgiven, but it's not yet fully eradicated. That's right. But it's glorious that because of what Jesus did in his life, death, and resurrection, I can stand before God unafraid, as righteous, because I'm holding in front of me the merit of Jesus. Yeah. Hmm. It's just... What in life gets any better than this? Yeah. 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 I want to say to people, do you get it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is so incredibly hope-inspiring and giving it. It is what gets me up in the morning. It's the tidings of comfort and joy. Like, I want everyone to know how good this is. Yeah. Like, I want you want the world to see what you're learning to see about the big deal of sin and how big a deal it is that Christ's merit, it gets to be ours. Yeah. There's another way I think about this. You know, there are two cries in the heart of every human being. This is absolutely universal. I think this is why Romans 8 ends the way it does. The first cry is, will somebody love me? Hmm. That's a deep cry in the heart of every human being. I think it's put there by God to drive us to Him. But there's a second cry that's even scarier, and it is, once they know me, will they still love me? Yeah. And the Christmas story says yes and yes. Hmm. Because of what Jesus has done, there is love for you on your worst, stupidest, most rebellious day. The one who knows you infinitely better than you know yourself does not turn his back on you. That is yeah. is so incredibly beautiful. It really is. Mm-hmm. It really is. You all, when you read through the scripture readings this week, you'll see that they're still, even though Christmas Day 
mm-hmm. um, is now behind us, we you'll see that we're still allowing the lyrics to kind of guide our scripture reading through the end of this week and into the new year. And the one that you just pointed out, Paul, by thine all-sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne, we'll spend Thursday and Friday kind of just meditating on that one and the scripture that inspired that. And right before that, on Wednesday, the line preceding that is, by thine own eternal spirit, rule in all our hearts alone. So I find myself with a lot of these Advent truths that we've been just reminding ourselves of and discovering and mining scripture for, a lot of them do feel kind of in that too good to be true mm-hmm. <laughs> category. And I find myself asking, but how? How? And of course, you know, the answer to that is Jesus. And the answer to that is by a spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, like how is he going to rule in my heart? How am I going to live in light of, of these truths? And on Wednesday, we read from Ezekiel 36. And we read Ezekiel early this year for the season of Lent, Mm -hmm. which was an experience. Mm -hmm. But this passage, you know, I've never thought of this passage as a Christmas passage, (laughs) you know, and like it's fun to read scriptures and think about, okay, how do I look at this through a Christmas lens? I'm going to read a few verses, and then I would love, Paul, if you could help us see Christmas in this this passage. This is Ezekiel 36, starting in 25. I will also sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will place my spirit within you and cause you to follow my statutes and carefully observe my ordinances. You will live in the land that I gave your ancestors. You will be my people, and I will be your God. We'll read that two days after Christmas. (laughs) The thing that I think is important to understand about the Christmas story, the gift of the Savior, is it's not just an entrance and an exit. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a means of entrance into relationship with God and that exit finally into eternity. But it addresses everything in between the already and the not yet. And the way I think about this is God knew that my need is so profound, so pervasive that it was not enough to forgive me. Praise God for his forgiveness. He literally had to unzip me and get inside of me by his spirit (laughs) so that I could live this new life that is fundamentally unnatural for me, fundamentally counterintuitive. I will only do that by the spirit. That's right. And so with the birth of Jesus... With his life, death, and resurrection comes the gift of the indwelling spirit to guide me, to convict me of sin, to lead me into truth, to empower me for righteousness. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is all the stuff I need between the already of my conversion and the not yet of my home going. And so I want to say to people who are listening, this story that we're focusing on right now addresses everything you face every day in your life. Mm -hmm. 
all the temptations, all the hardships, all the struggles are addressed by this. And they're addressed by God saying, I'm going to help you. That's right. Yeah. And I'm going to help you by getting inside of you so that you now have the potential to live the way I died for you to live. That's right. Yeah. It's like you have a job and when you read the job description, it's just completely impossible. And the boss <laughs> says, I'm going to get inside of you and empower you to do it. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just amazing. It's like, like downloading a, a something in the matrix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, absolutely. Download how to do this. And there is nothing more relevant, you know, mm-hmm. that word that we like to, to use <laughs> than that for our lives right now. I mean, That's we're right. heading into a new year. And we can't help but each of us think as we walk, you know, toward the new year in the coming days of like, how do I want things to be different this year? What do I want this year to look like? Who who am I? Who do I want to be this mm-hmm. year? And how do I want to live my life? How do I want to structure my life? All of those things that we're that we think about in this time of year. And you're right. I mean, this message, like the, the message of the gospel speaks to every part of that. And I mean, you just released a book about this culture of reactivity that we live in. So that's a very like current situation that we're all experiencing. And yet you're approaching that through this timeless message of the gospel Mm. of this baby born in a manger 2,000 years ago is shaping the way that you wrote that book and are presenting that message. It reminds me of the fruit of the Spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, yeah. patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. You know, they're called the fruit of the Spirit because I have no ability whatsoever to turn myself into that kind of person. That's right. Yeah. That's right. If I could, if those were moral goals that I could achieve, Jesus would have never had to come. They're the fruit of the Spirit because they're only possible by means of the work of the Spirit in me and through me. That's it. Yeah. But that's where the hope is. That's right. Because That's the right. Spirit does live in me. That's right. That is my potential. So, so that addresses my struggles in marriage, my struggles in parenting, my struggles with my neighbor, my yeah. struggles with my workers, my struggle with private sin that nobody knows, with anger and fear and discouragement. I mean, just the list just goes on and on. Everything. Those are yes. all addressed by this gift of the indwelling presence of God's Spirit. This is almighty God in infinite, incalculable power, wisdom, and authority now lives inside of me. Hmm. Thanks be to God. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. One of the days that we haven't talked about yet, but Amanda, I see you're actually turned to I this do. too. I like how we're kind of going, working we're our around. way backwards I know. this week. No, I like, I like it. it. So the lyric that we'll read and kind of look at on Tuesday this week, now thy gracious kingdom bring, which Paul, like you've said, like every one of these lyrics, you could write a whole book on, right? <laughs> like now and thy and gracious and kingdom and bring, like let's like look at all, like every word. And I think that like, you know, like even the challenge of going like, all right, well, what scriptures do we read under this umbrella or under this heading? 
And for Tuesday, we're going to read from Isaiah chapter 11, and then we're going to look at some parables, some moments of Jesus teaching about His kingdom, and then also we get to go to Revelation and kind of look at that gracious kingdom indeed being brought. But I would love to take some time to talk about this. Maybe even, could we read Isaiah 11, 1 through 9? I think we kind of have to. It's just so good. I love it. Here, I'll start, and Amanda, you can I'll hop in. pick up. There we go. So from Isaiah chapter 11, starting in verse 1, the reign of the Davidic king, it says, Then a shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and strength, a spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight will be in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes. He will not execute justice by what he hears with his ears, but he will judge the poor righteously and execute justice for the oppressed of the land. He will strike the land with a scepter from his mouth, and he will kill the wicked with a command from his lips. Righteousness will be a belt around his hips. Faithfulness will be a belt around his waist." Okay, I know I'm supposed to keep reading, but I just have to stop because I'm just looking at all of I these know. kind of characteristics of the king and the kingdom, mm-hmm. and it's stuff like wisdom, understanding, counsel, strength, That's knowledge, right. yeah. fear of the Lord, righteousness, faithfulness. Um, this makes me want to go back and read the book of Isaiah again. Yeah, and it, just real quick. Real quick. It's so short. No, I mean, as a community, I'm like, <laughs> how soon can we get back to Isaiah? Yeah, yeah. But it's, I said earlier... It's so much of what we've read this week because one of the fun things about an Advent reading plan is you're just all over Scripture, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of them are these passages like this one that is like the greatest hits in my heart of like mm-hmm. Scripture. And some of it does, especially when you just read so much of it in such a concentrated period of time, all these different passages, it can feel a little too good to be true. But I think like what I just read it feels that way because this is so different than our experience mm-hmm. of what kings and kingdoms are like, you mm-hmm. know, air quotes, kingdoms. Yeah. And what impresses me about Isaiah 11 is you read the first section and that section focuses on the character of the king. Right. It's such a beautiful portrait of Jesus as king. But the second section, because that's his character its focus is more on the character of the kingdom. Yes. Because the king is like this. This is what the kingdom will look like. And I I just love the way it lays out. If this person of this awesome righteousness and glory is reigning, well, this is what it will look like to live under his reign. Mm, It's just so beautiful. Mm. Yeah. The way it's just the character of the king and then the character of his kingdom. Oh, I like the way that you described that. That's good. It is. So with that in mind, listen to the characteristics of the kingdom, starting in verse 6. The wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf, the young lion, and the fattened calf will be together, and a child will lead them. The cow and the bear will graze, their young ones will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like cattle. An infant will play beside the cobra's pit. That's such a vivid image. Mm -hmm. And a toddler will put his hand into a snake's den. They will not harm or destroy each other on my entire holy mountain, for the land will be as full of the knowledge of the Lord as the sea is filled with water. 
Ooh, this is the word of the Lord. I want that. What immediately comes to mind when I read that is this is a level of peace and mm-hmm. security that almost seems unreal. That's right. It does. But what, yeah. what, what you have to you have to tell yourself this reality is secured by the person and work of Jesus. And what it means is no matter what I'm facing today, no matter how heartbreaking it is, no matter how hard it is, the guarantee of the gospel, there is going to be a day where everything will be okay for me. Okay eternally. Yeah. Everlasting peace and righteousness forever. That I would have no fear for my toddler playing with a snake. Hmm. I mean. Yeah. His presence is our good. I mean, that's what I think about. Like, it's just, it is good. Like, good to the bone in a way that we, like, can only long for, you know. Yeah. And wait for and hope for. Hey friends, interrupting this conversation with a public service announcement right now in the She Reads Truth Shop. If you spend $100, you get 20% off and free shipping. That's right. This is the time to stock up and save at shopshereadstruth.com. Listen, there are so many ways that you can use this sale to your advantage. You can pick up some fan favorite study books like Faith and Practice, Hosea, maybe Life of David for the guys. We have Bible reading bundles for he, she, kids, family. There are card sets and art prints, wonderful ways to help with scripture memorization and just daily encouragement that you can place throughout your home or your office. So many opportunities to stock your cart and save over at the shop. So go to shopshereadstruth.com now through New Year's Eve at midnight. You don't need a code. The discount will automatically be applied at checkout. There are a few exclusions, but almost everything applies to this sale. Spend $100, get 20% off and free shipping. Go now or after the show. Hey friends, interrupting this Advent episode to invite you to join us as we start the new year with Jesus. Is there any better way to start the new year? I don't think so. On January 2nd, we're going to begin our new study called The Life of Jesus, where we'll answer the question, who is Jesus? by looking to the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke and reading the narratives from those books of the Bible. This is going to be a really special reading plan, the perfect start to the new year, and we really want you to join us. So head to shopshereadstruth.com to pick up your study book, or we have legacy books for the guys. And don't worry, if you missed the last day to ship for this reading plan, we have great news for you. Purchase your study book or your legacy book today, and we'll send you the first two weeks of the plan digitally. That way you can still join the community when the plan starts on January 2nd, and you won't miss a beat. So again, that's shopshereadstruth.com to grab your Life of Jesus study book. There's no code required. Once your purchase is complete, you'll receive a download link in a separate email, and you'll be able to download the PDF up to two times before it expires. So that's shopshereadstruth.com now through midnight on January 1st. Okay, back to the show. We turn the page and look at Mark chapter 4, and it's just, I mean, so many of Jesus' parables are, of course, about the kingdom. Right. The kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like this. Paul, would you read... Mark four twenty six through thirty two. There's two parables in there, 
but uh, it'd be sweet, I think, sure. to hear Jesus talking about the kingdom. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of God is like this, he said. A man scatters seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day. The seed sprouts and grows, although he doesn't know how. The soil produces a crop by itself, first the blade, then the head, then the full grain on the head. And as soon as the crop is ready, he sends for the sickle because the harvest has come. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable can we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed that when sown upon the soil is the smallest of all the seeds on the ground. And when sown, it comes up and grows taller than all the garden plants and produces large branches so that the birds of the sky can nest in its shade. (laughs) Just illogical. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then he says in John 18, my kingdom is not of this world. If yeah. my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I would, wouldn't be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Mm-hmm. So I want, to t- I want to tell you a story yeah. that I always think about when I read these parables. We moved into, I have four children, and we moved into a house that had a huge backyard, and we planted a huge vegetable garden. And I wanted my children to participate in this, so I dug a furrow, and we went out and put the little beans down along the furrow to uh, grow green beans. And we covered the soil. They helped and they watered it. And I told them that this bean would die and out of that would become this beautiful plant. It would grow green beans. The next morning, my daughter came out excitedly, ran to that furrow (laughs) and said, Daddy, it didn't work. That's what we do with God's kingdom. Yeah. There's a kingdom an eternal kingdom that is now blooming. You can't see it. It doesn't look like it. You listen to CNN, you're not going to find it there. But the seeds have been planted, and it's going to produce a harvest that will blow your mind. Wait with hope. It's blooming. I mean, that honestly brings tears to my eyes, (laughs) because I think we just need— you're not saying something new, right? Like, this is from Scripture, we yeah. just read it. We just yeah. read it. And all of Scripture talks of the coming kingdom and the reality that will be ours of being in the presence of God. But we hit these moments where we think, where is God? Yeah. Yeah. What is it he didn't doing? work. It didn't work. It, it didn't work. Yeah. This Psalm 73. Surely for no reasons have I kept my heart pure. <laughs> Looks like the bad guys are winning. Why have I invested in this? Right, And that's why these passages are in Scripture, to remind mm-hmm. us that the seeds have been planted. Yeah. And we, of so little faith, need a book like Revelation. We need to like get that preview of, look, it did work. It does work. Mm-hmm. It is working. And so, you know, yeah, one we can— of the greatest, Sorry. One of the greatest gifts, I think, that God has given us is our ability to eavesdrop on eternity. Right? <laughs> That's a good way to put I it. I like that. And to hear the conversations of people who are on the other side, mm-hmm. to have our hope renewed, to have our values clarified, to be given reason to continue, motivation to continue. I, I just, yeah. I love yeah. that so much. And I think it's why Jesus prescribed that we be in community with one another. Because I today, and I didn't know that I needed this, but you know, we're face-to-face, via a computer screen, Mm -hmm. and I needed someone to look me in the face and say, the kingdom is coming, 
and you can't see it right now. And honestly, specifically to say, you're not going to see it on the news. Like, Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? Like that's because those are the things that we look at as evidence and say, I mean, because if I look in myself, there's sin. If I look out there, there's sin. I'm gesturing to the window. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. There's brokenness and tragedy. And and yes, if we look more closely, I think we can see these glimpses, mm-hmm. but we also need to be reminded. Mm-hmm. We need to tell each other. It's also important to just ask yourself, what influences, what shapes your sense of reality? Mm-hmm. Social media? The 24-hour news stream, your read of what's happening around you, your look at your own heart, or this grand redemptive story with the surety of its hope and its promises. Yeah. I know for me, I have to keep going back Yes, and being reminded. You mentioned the church. I think one of the purpose of the church is to remind us every week again and again of the same old stuff again and again because... Listen, in between Sundays, I lose my gospel mind. (laughs) I go spiritually insane. Yeah. I forget who I am. I forget what I've been given. I forget who God is and all his promises. I forget the kingdom now and the kingdom to come. And I need to be reoriented again. It's a wonderful gift. That's why you read the Bible every day. That's right. Because you need, again, to be reminded, this is real, real, real. That's right. That's right. Man, we need it every day. Every Every day. day. And and honestly, I mean, that's obviously it's what we do here at She Reads Truth and He Reads Truth. We, We seek to be women and men in the Word of God every day. But the reason for that is that... Rachel and I and a lot of the people in arm's reach of us in real life and, you know, via the World Wide Web, mm-hmm. <laughs> we needed that. Yeah. And we needed each other to do that and to spur that on. Mm-hmm. This is not, you know, reading the Bible is not a class that we graduate from. Like, this is a lifelong, is every day that I'm alive on this planet, I need to be reminded of who God is. And like you just said, like, what is my ultimate reality Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and future? That's right. Yeah, it's so deeply more, you know, your daily devotional time than just a duty that good Christians do. Yeah. It's a wonderful welcome of a father. He's sitting down on the couch next to you. He puts his arms around you, says, do you remember that I love you? I'm meeting every one of your needs that I've guaranteed you a future beyond your glory, that I empower you every day to do the things that I've called you to do. Do you remember? I love you. That's what that devotional time is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Do you remember what I've promised? Do you remember what I said I'm going to do? Yeah. Do you remember all the ways that I have done the things that I've said I will do? I'm going to keep doing them. I'm just yep. imagining how I would feel if my kids who are, you know, they're still young, you know, 8, 12, 15, come and sat next to me and just said, can you just remind me the things that are true about Mm -hmm. me and like our family and Mm -hmm. the way you love me Mm -hmm. and the way that you're going to love me, Mm -hmm. you know, always and forever, no matter what. That's the thing that we say. And just how delighted I would be 
and how present I would be in mm-hmm. that moment to be like, oh, let me tell you again. Mm-hmm. Happy to tell you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like to think of that, Paul, as this invitation to just sit with the Lord. Again, we say those words, but sometimes it's just like, no, you really are welcome. Mm-hmm. And that he really is your father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Well, I mean, listen, I've got Revelation 11 in front of me. <laughs> We've read from Isaiah. We've read from Mark. Jesus has described his kingdom. And then in Revelation 11, verse 15, the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. The 24 elders who were seated before God on their thrones fell face down and worshiped God, saying, We give you thanks, Lord God, the Almighty, who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. I'm over here. I've got my right arm going Mm because I'm directing an imaginary Uh chorus in the Hallelujah Chorus right now. Well, listen. That's right. That's right. Growing up, I lived in Toledo, Ohio, and because of Owens Corning Fiberglass Money, there was a great opera house there, and every Christmas season— my family would go and we would go for the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so I learned these words before I ever knew they were in the Bible mm-hmm. because of that. It's, wow, again, it's just so beautiful. And he will reign forever and ever. And I love this moment where we hear the multitude, we give thanks, O Lord God the Almighty, who is and was. Here's why we're giving thanks. Because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. Now, here's the values clarification. On the other side, we're not going to say, you gave me such a great house. Hmm. I had such a good job. I was so pretty. (laughs) My kids were great. None of that. That will all fade into nothingness. We will jump up and down 10 million years into eternity and say, you did it. You did it. You did it. You did it. You unleashed your almighty power to deliver everything you promised. You did it. That's a celebration. By thine all-sufficient merit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. I love that, Paul. I love that. There's a quote in our study book. It comes toward the end of the study, and it's a quote from Henry Nouwen. But it... I feel like it kind of encapsulates not just this conversation, but it's sort of been the theme of all of our conversations in Advent uh, on the podcast here this year. And it says, the Lord is coming, always coming. When you have ears to hear and eyes to see, you will recognize Him at any moment of your life. Life is Advent. Life is recognizing the coming of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I like that life is Advent. I do too, because I said last week that one of the things that I love about Advent is it feels like a time when we can say out loud that we're really not as content as we like to pretend that we are, mm-hmm. that we are longing, you know, for something that we have. A, I mean, even the lyrics of this hymn, like, we do have a desire, we have longings, we things are not as they should be, and we know that, you know, and we get to say, yes. That is true. And mm-hmm. here's what God is doing. There's something else. I like this conversation of satisfaction. The real hope is we yes. serve a dissatisfied Savior. Oh, that's better. Who will not relent 
until every microbe of sin is delivered from every cell of every heart of every one of his children, till mm-hmm. the earth is finally made new again and righteousness and peace reign forever and ever. He's not satisfied until he's done. It's mm-hmm. his dissatisfaction right now with the state of things that is my hope. Yes. Ooh, I like that. Oh, I love that it's it's not about me. Amanda, it's not about you. Yeah. But it isn't, you know, that it is mm-hmm. it is for my namesake, like the yeah, Lord says. That's right. Throughout scripture. For the sake of like, my name, that yes. they would know that I am the Lord. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Guys. I know. So the last reading day of this Advent series is Friday, day 34. And that last lyric, by thine all-sufficient merit, which we talked about, raise us to thy glorious throne. In that reading day, goodness, I mean, all of Scripture speaks to all of life and all of Scripture is beautiful. But to get to read from 1 Corinthians 15 about the victorious resurrection, but then to go to Revelation 5, the Lamb is worthy. I mean, y'all listening, you, you, know, you know the drum we beat, that we record this podcast to talk about Scripture and to get you excited about the week, but it is you that gets to go forward and be a woman or man in the Word of God every day this week. And so we don't read all of the Scripture, but I am not going without reading Revelation 5. Can you tell, Paul, that like Rachel can't resist a Revelation passage? If it's on the page— We're reading it. It's coming out. Yeah. Yeah, well, it doesn't get any better than Revelation 5. It just doesn't. (laughs) Would you do us the honor of reading it? There's no words that have ever been put down on paper that rival what I'm about to read. I have such a deep sense of privilege just that I have these words in front of me and I can read them. Mm -hmm. When he took the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Fell down before the Lamb. (laughs) Each one had a harp and golden bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Wow. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slaughtered and you purchased people for God by your blood from every tribe and language and peoples and nations. You made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne and also the living creatures of the elders. Their number was countless thousands plus thousands of thousands. And they said with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven on earth and under the earth on the sea and everything in them say blessing and honor and glory and power to the one seated on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. The whole earth sings. Mm -hmm. Every creature. And honor and glory and power be to the one seat on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. I read that. I hear the trees clapping Mm -hmm. and the bushes rustling. Mm -hmm. That's right. The attention of the whole creation is finally centered on the one who has always been the center of it all. That is a description of everything the way it's supposed to be. That is shalom. Shalom doesn't mean peace. It's mean okay. everything in its right place, doing exactly what it's meant to do. Now the world is totally focused on the thing that was at the center in the beginning, the one that was at the center of the beginning, Jesus Christ. It's happened. Right. Yes. 
It is secure. It is true. It is the already and it is the not yet. It's that lyric from our hymn that we studied, I think, last week or the week before, hope of all the earth, Mm -hmm. thou art. Mm -hmm. And there'll be no more not yet. We talked about that last week. Like the not yet will go away. It'll just all Mm. be already. Mm. You know, we are headed into the new year. And Paul, can I ask you, as we wrap up our time together and, you know, we're all standing kind of on the edge of the calendar, right, about to cross over to the great unknown that is 2023, and give us a charge for how to walk forward as people who we believe that all of this that we've read is true, Mm -hmm. and we believe God's Word, and we want to walk into this new year with this end that you just read Mm -hmm. in mind. That's the goal. And so how do we bring that down to like, okay, what does this mean for January 1st, 2023? Mm -hmm. How can we live in light of this? When I think about New Year's and New Year's resolutions, what I always think is your life is never shaped by three or four big moments. Your life is actually shaped by 10,000 little moments. Mm -hmm. And my prayer for myself is that, these glorious truths that are now my reality, the individual story of Paul Tripp has been embedded by grace in the larger story of redemption. That in those little moments of life, little moments of disappointment, little moments of fear, a little moments of conflict, little moments of trying and failing, that this story would shape the way that I respond to those little moments. That This reality would become the reality by which I live in all of those little moments of my life. This is my life. These passages, in all their glory, they're our life by grace. They're our identity by grace. They're our potential by grace. That that would shape the way I live in all those little moments of everyday life that shape my life. And I can do that because the Spirit has been given. He lives inside of me, and He yes. empowers me to live this way. Yes. Amen. Praise Amen. The Lord. Thank you for that. That was partly a selfish question because <laughs> I'm like, give me a word. I'm going to take a word into the new year. And yes, amen to all of that. Uh, y'all listening, um, you know this is the end of the podcast series, the Advent podcast series, but it is not the end of your reading. And you know that Amanda and I, cannot stop encouraging you to be men and women who open your Bibles. Like we talked about this whole hour, it seems like, just like know what is true and remind yourself and rehearse it to each other. Because like Paul just said, we live out of this. We live out of what is true. I want to invite you next week. We are going to begin a brand new series called The Life of Jesus. Our first series of the new year. And it is a big one, and it is a great one, where we will be reading about the life of Jesus from the Synoptic Gospels. Our guest next week will be Dave Lomas. We're excited to have him. Listen, y'all— You know that we aren't recording this on the day it releases, so it's not actually Christmas yet for us. Don't worry. We're not working on the day after Christmas. Spoiler alert. (laughs) But we do want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and we do want to invite you to come back next week. Paul, thank you so much for this time. It was a joy to spend this hour with you. it's, It's been so much fun for me, and what a privilege to just think through these passages and 
I love what you guys have given your life to. Thank you. And likewise, thank you for the work that you do. But until next year, Paul, what do we tell our friends? Keep opening your Bibles. 